Hello, listeners and fellow book lovers. Welcome to The Book Snug, a bi-weekly conversational podcast about books and the reading life. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Julia. We're a mother and a daughter who love reading and talking about books, the ones we adore and the ones we don't. We're delighted you're here, so grab your favorite hot drink or ice-cold beverage and settle in for another cozy, bookish chat. Hi, Mom. Hi, Julia. How are you today? I'm good. I'm really good today. Good. How are you? Um, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) And why is that? Well, because it's our one-year celebration. Our one-year anniversary of producing the Book Snug podcast. That's so incredible. It really is. So hard to believe. Yeah. I just, I remember when I had this idea, what, 18 months ago? Yeah. And now we've landed here. Like, it, I just, thinking about all of the, all of the stuff to get us here. Yes. And it just goes to show that starting is probably some the of the hardest. hardest part. And then just doing the work. Yeah. And all of a sudden you realize you're a year down the road yeah. and you have... 25 episodes behind you and I'm just I'm happy and I'm amazed Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we were committed to to doing this and then accomplishing it yeah yeah well and how many title iterations did we go through it took us a while yeah I think that was the longest part was just picking (laughs) out what we were going to be called and I am very happy with what we ended yes, up with. So. Yes. Although I think the library mice would have been cute too. But yes. the book Snug Podcast is, is, I think, definitely better encompasses everything we were looking for. Yeah, I agree. Well, before we get too much more carried away, what are you drinking, Mom? Well, I'm drinking the same thing as you. I am drinking a mimosa in a champagne flute. <laughs> Hopefully that will not prove to be a bad thing, but... <laughs> It could make for exciting giggles here by the end of everything. (laughs) Very true. Yes. (laughs) We don't, neither one of us has good tolerance with alcohol. Yeah. I don't drink very much at all. And I've never been drunk, Mm. but it doesn't take much to make me feel a little woozy and lightheaded. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. This could turn into just a giggling, (laughs) (laughs) a giggling show. When you think about the year, and we're both we're both really reflective, insightful people. So I think it made sense for this episode for us to reflect on the past year and to kind of think about things we want to do moving forward. So is there is there anything specific that you are the most happy about with how this year has turned out with the podcast? I'm really just happy that we were able to accomplish what we set out to do, mm-hmm. that we consistently published every two weeks that we were able to come up with content every time. And I'm just, I'm very proud of that. Mm -hmm. I feel like we still have a lot of growth that we need to do. Oh, yeah. Um, We are definitely amateurs, and I still feel like a newbie in the podcasting realm, but Mm -hmm. I am proud of what we've done so far. Mm -hmm. And I hope our listeners are enjoying what we're doing. What about you? What makes you happy? I mean, I agree with all of that. There's kind of two specific things that I want to say. Firstly, there's something very vulnerable about putting something out into the world that has been very creative and that you spend a lot of time on. And to see people respond to it is always deeply humbling. And I love 
I love just seeing who's listening in. And we don't have a ton of repeat listeners, but I do see consistent cities that pop up. Yes. And that is, that's just so cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, I do agree that getting to this point a year later, we still like each other. We still like talking about books. We still like doing this. I still look forward to it. Right. Yes. Right. I'm all the time thinking about new things that we can yeah. talk about. Our list of topics is a mile and a half long. Like it, That's been so cool. But kind of on a more personal note, having the idea for this podcast and then starting it and then getting to this point has made it very clear to me that if I literally anything is attainable. <laughs> So I, with the small business that I'm trying to start, after seeing how we were doing with this, I was like, duh, I can start that. And I just kind of started and ran with it. And so it's been really encouraging that if you fail, so what? Just give it a shot. So it's been a very, this has been a very big push for me to kind of tackle some of the other goals and dreams that I have. A motivator. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, Success in one area encourages you to try other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst failure is not trying. It's not not being successful, but it's not trying in the first place. Which is a very scary idea to wrestle with (laughs) when it's something that you want to (laughs) do. Because nobody wants to fail at something they want to do. So it's very... It It is. I mean, we could talk a lot just about that, about yeah. the benefits of failure, right. but that's not what this show is no. about. This show is about happy things. Yes. <laughs> We're not going to wax that philosophical. Do you have any favorite episodes? I mean, I always love doing the three peas in the pod because it's fun. It's fun to talk about books in that way. And I am not somebody who innately looks at the books that I'm reading in that kind of uh, critical way. Yeah. I don't always like the pressure that those <laughs> episodes put me under because reading that book. Right. Especially if you're not enjoying it. Right. Or needing to read it in a week because of what else is going on for me. That is not always the fun part. Right. And I also kind of really like the episodes where we do the, we do like the topic and we bounce books back and forth. Uh-huh. I think that's just, those are just fun to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I think overall, one of my favorites to date is probably the one that we did with Nana. Yeah, the first three peas in a pod episode yeah. when we talked about Maggie O'Farrell's The Marriage Portrait. Mm-hmm. I agree. That was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. That is also our most listened to yes. uh, chapter it is. of the podcast. It is. Yes. People really enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting because I thought the secret history with where it stands in popularity right now would be the one to skyrocket. And yeah. So it's just really interesting. It kind of, I think, shows the demographic of who's listening to our podcast, too. I feel like the secret history continues to pull people yes. in. It pops up regularly yeah. as people finding it and listening to it. Yeah. Over time, that may be the big one. Be the big one. Yeah. But I'm with you. I really enjoy doing the three peas in the pod Mm -hmm. episode. And I like our topical discussions where Mm -hmm. we just pick a theme or a topic and then bring books to the show that answer that topic. Yeah. I like it all, though. I I really I can't think of a single episode that I did not enjoy making. There were ones that were trickier for me to figure out what to say with. Maybe rules for reading or some of the ones that we talked about nonfiction. Yeah. Those were just trickier for me in, in terms of the content yeah. for that. But all in all, thinking about what we're talking about on the podcast, the books, all that, it's made, it's definitely 
very quickly matured me as a reader. (laughs) And now I am thinking about what I'm reading in different ways. And I'm definitely much more aware of my reading life than I was before. So that's been a really cool side effect of this. I was just going to ask you if you felt like the podcast impacted your reading at all. And you just pretty much answered that, Mm -hmm. that, yeah, it has impacted it in a couple different ways. And I know that I've talked about how I track a little bit of my reading journal, but I am now like actually looking into true reading bullet journals to keep track of my reading. Like I am ready, like, (laughs) let's go. Let's make this a project. Let's so. And then that way, especially with reading Bujo's, you can track statistics. So that's going to be a a way for me to be able to learn more details about what genres am I reading? How many pages? What do I average? Like all of that, because for me, pen and paper, I'm much more likely to keep up with than I am on the computer. computer. Whereas I like Goodreads because it does all that for me. I just put the book in, I write my private note at the bottom, and that's all I have to do. Mm -hmm. I also use Storygraph, but I do that more to do the statistics part of it. What genres I'm reading the most, whether I'm reading physical books or audio books or ebooks the Mm -hmm. most, that type of thing. So I actually use Storygraph and Goodreads together. And maybe I'll get to Storygraph in a couple years. I just am so new to learning what I want to track that it's just easier for me to like Write it down on a page. Yeah. But yes, definitely the podcast has made me much more of a reader or it's made me the reader that I always was, but got distracted with life. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I think it's typical too for people who get out of college, they're a little bit burnt out with reading and it takes a couple years till you pick up your pace again. And Mm -hmm. then when you have small children, it's easy for reading to ebb off again. Yeah. Even if you're a serious reader, it's hard to find mm-hmm. the time and space to really read a lot of books. Yeah. I can testify. And I've also found that because a lot of my job is computer related, that by the end of the day, my eyes are so tired mm-hmm. that I just want to veg in front of the computer or I want to color in a co- Like I want to do very low mindless things. Yeah. That reading, as much as I enjoy it, my eyes just can't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the capacity to sit and read like a Jane Eyre book or something that I want to read, but I just I don't have the capacity for it. So I think that that also impacts how much I'm reading or when I'm reading or what I'm reading. Yeah. Have you noticed in the statistics any episodes that maybe aren't getting as many listens as the others? I noticed when we did our little focus on fairy tales last spring that we did not have as many listeners, which really surprised me because I enjoyed those two episodes. I enjoy doing the research and talking about the different retellings. But I also realized that fairy tales and the retellings are probably a niche. niche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That not everybody's going to be interested in that. So. It was a little disappointing, but it didn't take away my pleasure of preparing for the show and talking about the books. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other one that we forgot to mention for the most popular, to go back to that for a second, is the one that we did on our Christian books. How that has gone kind of off the charts with people who listen to it around the world. Yeah. It's not our most listened to, but it is our most widely listen to geographically and that one was shocking for me yeah in that because of the topic material i wasn't expecting that topic to get that wide attention that right and we're talking worldwide across continents yeah Yeah. it's been very interesting absolutely and it continues to pop yeah so that's another one that people keep coming back to another one that was really popular and surprised me 
last year around Christmas time, we did our favorite children's mm. Christmas books. Mm -hmm. That was also a very popular episode. Uh -huh. And I, when we were doing it, I thought nobody's going to care about this. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So it's just, it's funny how it kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. Dune is kind of the same way. I thought we did that right at the top of like the movie and mm -hmm. everything. And it's kind of not. It's okay. I yeah. mean, people keep coming back to that one too. I think maybe because it was such a long episode well, that it, it it puts people off. They don't want to dedicate that much time right. to and it. And we probably should have split it in two. Yeah. But we're learning. Yeah. We're definitely learning. Yeah. And it all comes down to the fact that even though we are putting a show out, for you mm -hmm. uh, friends and listeners mm -hmm. to listen to. We're really picking stuff that we like. So that's what you're getting. Right. And I don't mean that mean, I just mean that's all we know right now. Yeah. So bear with us, we're yeah. still figuring <laughs> things out. Um, and we continue to be surprised about the things that you are interested in mm -hmm. hearing us talk about. Well, looking towards the future, what are some goals and dreams that we have? Or what are some things that you think we need to get better at doing? I'm going to address the things I need to get better at doing first, because number one, I'm a perfectionist. It's something I have struggled with my whole life. And it's very easy for me if I say something on the show that I, I didn't really like or I know is uh, not correct information. I want to trash the whole thing and start again. And it's been a learning curve for me to let some things go mm -hmm. and just address them in the show notes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I would really, really in the next year, like to make more of an effort to make sure that when we're giving like pub dates mm -hmm. or a decade that a book showed up in that we're doing, we're giving the right information because mm -hmm. there have been times when we haven't done that. So I just, I want to be a stickler about the facts mm -hmm. when we're talking about books. So that's one thing I want to change. I want our recording sound to keep getting better. Yeah. We really need to update our technical equipment. We yes. had trouble even this morning getting the mouse to work on the computer. Yeah. So that I, I definitely want to work on those types mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. So those are some changes. Yeah. I mean, on my end, since I tend to do, I tend to be the one who's the most active on social media. Right. That I know that we're not great about posting on Instagram. We would like to be better. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have a couple of things in the works. Um, If you do follow us on Instagram, you may have seen that the template changed. And that's one of the things that we're trying out. I didn't change it yet. I will, though. Well, but the, the collage that we posted. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, we're trying something different when we post about our episodes. Mm -hmm. But just the consistency. We we do have a schedule that we do try to post to and we're not always great about hitting that. So that's something for me that I have made notes in my personal calendar that reminds me on a regular basis. Uh, because if this is, if this project is important to us, I should be doing what I can to make sure that I'm putting in the effort that I need to. Yeah. The other thing for me is the editing. I do the editing on the podcast yes. and I enjoy it, but I am a procrastinator by nature and I also tend to be forgetful until the last minute. And so there have been some times that the editing happens at the very last possible right. minute. And because I write the show notes, I have to listen to the show mm -hmm. after it's been edited. It can, yeah, we yeah. push it to the very <laughs> limit. Yeah. So maybe if we both could get better yes. at the editing side of it. We're also have some positive things we happening. Do. We're going to change the color scheme, not overall, we're just going to flip the colors around yeah. for the thumbnail 
for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So when you see it pop up on the website, it's or, still us. We promise yes, the colors are just different. They're just different. I'm working on a website so that we can communicate through a website mm-hmm. instead of trying to do it on Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we would really like to find a way to interact more with you, friends. Mm-hmm. Talk about the books. You can share some of the books that you think fit the topics mm-hmm. that we're we're talking about, or if you have some thoughts on a three P's in the pod episode mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So something, some good changes that way. I yeah. think one of the things that I've been thinking about is how doing the podcast has revealed things about my work habits mm-hmm. in terms of where they come from, but also how I work in a team. So it's that has been a very interesting part of this mm-hmm. of seeing how how you operate and then how I operate and then where where the middle ground is and where I need to get better at but then vice versa. So mm-hmm. it's it's also been it's been interesting to kind of look at how that's changed since we started mm-hmm. versus now yeah. then also how much further we have to go, but it's it has made me more aware about the little habits that I have that maybe I just was never aware of. Right, beforehand. that hinder you or help you. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else we want to say about our first year in review? I can't think of anything. I just, I have loved every minute mm-hmm. of it. I feel like it has just made my reading life that much more wonderful. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I've changed my reading all that much. And so far as number of books or the types of books mm-hmm. I'm picking up, other than if we have a topic that we want to discuss and mm-hmm. I don't have many books to bring to it, mm-hmm. I will pick up some or the three peas in the pod episode. Yeah. But I'm still basically reading exactly the way yeah. I always did. I always did little projects. Yeah. I always kept a, a count of how mm-hmm. many. Well, for a long time, I've done that. Yeah. So my reading life in general hasn't changed because of the podcast, but it's definitely been enhanced mm-hmm. by the podcast. So I, I've enjoyed every minute of it, and I look forward to another year. Yeah. I would love to know, listeners, what have you loved about this first year? Or if you would be like, <laughs> this is what you need to change, right. get your act together. <laughs> <laughs> or if there's any episodes that you liked more than others. Right. What was your favorite episode? Was there an episode that you really didn't care for? Yeah, I would love to hear all of that. Mm -hmm. Just be kind, even for the things that you didn't like. (laughs) Constructive criticism, not criticism. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, if we don't have anything else we want to talk about concerning the show, we are going to jump into talking about ourselves Mm -hmm. and we are going to use a couple of book tags that we've mashed together. If you don't know what a book tag is on BookTube, book tags are just lists of questions that a BookTuber comes up with, and then they answer the questions on their channel Mm -hmm. in a show. Then at the end, they tag other BookTubers to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And there are all kinds of book tags. I mean, I can't even tell you how many. Mm -hmm. But we chose two that are used to introduce a pod, or not a podcaster, a BookTuber to their audience. So we thought we would take some of the questions and make our own mashup of a get to know your podcaster tag. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to do now. And this is just personal stuff about Julia and I personal things that we probably haven't shared Mm -hmm. 
in any of our episodes. And then there are some book things that we probably have touched on Mm -hmm. occasionally. So I think we're just going to volley back and forth with the questions. (laughs) And we're just going to tell you some stuff about ourselves. Yeah. And I think some of these questions we even did in our very first episode. So... I just had the idea that maybe this is something fun to do every year and just kind of look at how our answers change over time. Too. That sounds good. Yeah. Cool. My age is going to change every year. Well, so is mine because mine this falls like two weeks before my birthday. I so know. it's always going to be like. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was just being. I know, but smart. it's funny how age works that way, mom. <laughs> okay, well, our first one. How old are you, mom? I am 54. Mm. If I was going to be very specific, I'm 54 and a half years old. And you, Julia, how old are you? Just about 27. Okay. Yep. Literally, it's almost like less than two weeks. Yes. So. Yep. And what is your relationship status? I'm married. How long have you been married? It was four years in September. Okay. And what's your husband's name? Benjamin. Listen, getting married right before COVID makes me feel like an old married couple. Like, it just feels like the four years were Whereas, not yeah, four years. COVID ago. just completely warped time. Totally. And we have had a ton of stuff happen. Yeah. Very early on in our marriage and then since that I just, at this point, we're not married for four years. It's definitely not four years. <laughs> it feels it's like a decade. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I promise it is only four, but that's just how the perception feels. I've been married 31 years mm-hmm. to your dad, mm-hmm. Jay. Mm-hmm. I am an old married couple. Okay. <laughs> oh, I guess I should say we are an old well, yeah. married couple. Yeah. I used to joke when we were in young adult ministry that we were the only married couple in leadership. And then people would be talking to us about relationships or whatever and be like, you don't want to listen to me. I'm your old married lady. So don't <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> Did you go to college, mom? I did. Mm -hmm. I had a very unorthodox college experience. Mm -hmm. I I waited a semester out of high school and went to Millersville University Mm -hmm. for a couple semesters, but just honestly couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with myself. And what eighteen year old really knows what they want to do with themselves? Big frustration of mine. So I dropped out and I went to. Uh, school at a local hospital Mm -hmm. to learn to be an invasive cardiovascular technologist. And I graduated from that program with a certificate and worked as a cardiovascular technologist in the cath lab setting for 17 years. While I was working in the lab, I met a woman who was developing a program at a local college for invasive cardiovascular technology. And she asked me to teach a course for her. And that from that point, I became very involved in education and finally quit working in the cath lab and then went to work at the college. At that point, I got my bachelor's degree in applied psychology. And then as soon as I graduated, I was hired as the director of clinical education. So I went to school and got my master's degree in health professions education. That was a totally online program. I was working full time, going to school full time. I graduated from Rosalind Franklin Institute in Chicago Mm -hmm. with my master's degree. And I had some of my professors wanted me to continue on and get my doctorate. And no, I was done with school by then. (laughs) Well, and you did you did that back to back, back to back with kids. I mean, when I started my finishing up my bachelor's, I was a freshman. Yes. 
And I did that. I had a, maybe two years off and then went right and did my master's. Maybe, but yeah. you graduated when I graduated high school. Right. So it was literally like yes. back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't recommend that, but a lot of people do mm-hmm. it. And I'm here to say you absolutely can. Mm-hmm. So if you're a young person and you just can't quite figure it out, <laughs> find something to do. And then once you start working, yeah. you might decide you know better what what you like mm-hmm. and what you don't and what your gifts are. So when I was in college, my advisor and I'm, I'll talk about this in a second, but my advisor was trying to tell me to go straight on to grad school yeah. because he's like, if you don't go into grad school, you're never going to do it. And I so badly wanted to say, sir, I watched my mom do bachelor's and master's online working full time. Yeah. While I was in high school. Don't well, tell me it's not possible. And your dad got his master's over the time I was pregnant with two of the three yeah. of you. So yeah. Yeah, you can do it. It's just, it's hard. It's yeah. hard work, but it's always hard work. Right. And I, I, as somebody, I always value experience over education. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the point in going straight, as a 22-year-old, going straight into grad school. Right. In your field, if you don't have the experience. Like, it just, it makes no sense to me. But seeing you do school the way that you did means that there's absolutely, I understand that as there's no pressure for me to go directly on to grad school or to figure out what I want to do, that I can allow time to learn if this is the career that I want to stay in or whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, and that I can go to school when I'm in my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whenever, and it's not, it's not it's a big fine. deal. I mean, I'm, I'm actually considering going back to school right now just for a post-grad certificate. I'm not doing a doctorate or anything. I just... I have currently stepped down from the director of clinical education position. I'm working as adjunct faculty Mm -hmm. at the college. And I just feel like I need a couple of little skills to continue doing what I'm interested Mm. in doing. So I'm, I never thought I'd be 54 and trying to figure out what I wanted to do when (laughs) I grow up, but here I am again. So what would the certificate be for? Like, would you just take a a class or two? It would be three, three to five classes and it would be instructional design specifically for online learning. Oh, cool. I need the technical part of it. I don't need, I don't need the design as far as how to put a course or a program together. Mm -hmm. I know how to do that. I just need the skills for all the The technical thing. Yeah, Yeah. The online stuff, which makes sense with how education is going. Like that makes sense. Yeah. So, Julia, what's your degree? (laughs) My degree is in psychology. I went to a community college first and then finished at a four-year university. Yeah. And actually, I did college a little funny anyway. Not quite like how you did it, Mm -hmm. but I did my first two years at a community college where you were working. Yes. (laughs) And then when I transferred to the four-year university, I transferred to one specifically that I had a scholarship for and got a number of other scholarships. Yes. And took... A very heavy load. It wasn't overload, but it was very heavy. I think those were probably my worst grades in college because of how heavy the material mm-hmm. was. And then my senior year, I did two classes and an internship and live at lived at home. Right. And then my spring, I was part time because I had two ex- like two little classes to finish. and lived at home. Yeah. So you only lived on campus for, for one, one year. year. Yeah. <laughs> and I the the college was close enough to home that I came home on the weekends. Yeah. So I was. Yeah. I don't know if I ever needed to live on campus. But it was an experience. It was. It actually probably prepared me for going to Italy anyway. Yeah. So. Yes. And you went to Italy mm-hmm. as a course for a college. Yes, it was a summer class. Yeah. It was two. 
Honestly, the classes that I took in Italy, apart from architecture, were probably the best classes I could have taken in Italy. <laughs> I, I think architecture would have been cool, well, too. Yeah. But I took a photography class yes. and I took a food and philosophy class. Yes. Like, honestly. And I was there. What could f- be better? I know. <laughs> I was there for five weeks in the summer from May to June. And I was in Perugia, uh-huh. which overlooks the Umbrian Valley. So there was this incredible view in the summer twilights. Listen, that was the best time to go to Italy. so what's your current job julia if you have a psychology degree my current title is training coordinator okay i work in human services kind of the easiest way to say that but specifically my direct field is supporting those with intellectual and developmental disabilities Mm -hmm. i've had a slew of positions within this field and i am i literally have just changed jobs within the past month Mm mm-hmm and my new job is literally the job that I've been wanting for like ever. I am overseeing trainings, um, taking care of annual trainings, which per regulations for this field, annual trainings need to happen every year or we're out of compliance. Mm-hmm. So I'm operating within those regulations. I maintain the files. I'm getting trained on CPR shortly. I'll be trained on deescalization and restrictive procedures shortly. I'll be trained on how to train on medication administration shortly. So doing all of the things that I have the knowledge for and then now teaching. Other people to do. Yes. Yeah. And I'm very excited to teach orientation for new hires because of all the positions that I've been in the field, I can kind of see where the holes and the gaps are. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to be able to kind of fill those a little bit. So that's a ramble to say that I really like my new job. It sounds like it. (laughs) I am currently working at the same college I've been working at since 2005. Mm -hmm. I'm not the director of clinical education. I'm just, I don't mean adjunct. I I don't want to say just. I am only working as adjunct faculty, which means I am teaching. I do do Mm -hmm. some behind the scenes things, um, helping out in the program the Invasive Cardiovascular Technology Program, but for the most part, I am teaching face-to-face and online. I have almost 80 students this semester, which is a lot. I usually don't have that many. So, Mm. yeah, I love teaching. I would be happy to keep doing that until I'm not working anymore. Mm -hmm. Where are you from and where do you live now? Well, I am from this area, Mm -hmm. Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and I live here. Yep. I have never really moved more than 15 miles away from where I originally came from. No. So, and I'm not ashamed mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. I have traveled all over the world. So I am not isolated. I don't have a... a Singular worldview. View. Well, I do have a singular well, worldview, but, but I don't have a very parochial or... What's the word I want? I don't feel like I have a narrow view okay, of what yeah, life is like. That's what I meant. <clears throat> And Julia, you're the same way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we, when Ben and I talk about moving, he grew up just on the border of the county and another one. And that's generally where he'd like to land. Mm-hmm. That makes me panic because that's the farthest I'd ever been from home, apart from studying abroad. Yeah. So I don't really like the idea of moving too much farther away. Yeah. However, housing prices are pushing me out. So we'll see about that. Yeah. The word I wanted was mm-hmm. provincial. I don't feel like I have a provincial oh, yeah, sure. view. I love where I live. And it is a rather rural, not not very rural, but definitely a rural mm-hmm. 
uh, farmland yeah. area with a very nice city yes. as its center. Lancaster is a lovely city, yeah. tons of history, yeah. very artsy. Um, and we live in an area where there's Amish and mm-hmm. Mennonite farming. People take very good care of their property. So mm-hmm. it's just a very lovely, quiet mm-hmm. beauty around here that I I love and appreciate. Yeah. I love the open space. I love that you can, that there are legitimately roads where you could go on and see for miles and miles on either side. Of yeah. You. Like it just, I like visiting cities, but I don't like that closed in feeling. And there's not a single drop of that. Even no. when you're in Lancaster City, you no, don't. it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The next question is, tell us about your family. So we're just going to do this together. Okay. <laughs> I'm the mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> I have three children. Julia is the oldest. Mm-hmm. She's the only girl. Mm-hmm. And then she has two younger brothers. Mark has been on the show already. Yes. He is married yes. to a wonderful mm-hmm. woman named Lexi. And then my younger son, Aaron, just got engaged to Paige, Paige who was also on the show. Yeah. She brought the secret history. Yes. My parents are still living. My husband's parents are mm-hmm. still living. All of our brothers and sisters are in the area. We have all stayed basically in this Lancaster County and surrounding yeah. environs area. Yeah. Yes. Anything you want to add, Julia? Well, it's so funny that Mark has been on the show and Paige has been on the show. Aaron is coming up next in Three Peas in a Pod. Yes. And Paige is, I think, scheduled for spring or summer. Yes. I'm sorry, Lexi. Lexi, summer. So... By this time next year, the whole immediate family. Yes, will be on the you will have met everybody. Except for Ben, but he's a weird one, so it's fine. <laughs> he can be on the show. He just needs to bring a book. <laughs> Tread with care with Ben's books, I guess. <laughs> I'll make him bring the cute mushroom book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's <laughs> let's branch out a little bit. Okay. What's your favorite holiday, Julia? Oh, this time of year is the best. Oh, I 100% agree. 100%. Yeah. You you would even count Halloween in though. Yes. I for me it starts November first, heading into Thanksgiving and then mm-hmm. Christmas and then New Year's. I just mm-hmm. love, love, love that whole time of year. Well, and because I'm such an autumn person, I love from middle of September, depending on the weather, mm-hmm. through to the end of the year. I mean, my anniversary is the September twenty ninth. So like September's tacked in there just for good for reasons. beauty. Yeah. Yeah. And then October is I think one of the most beautiful months in terms of the leaves. Mm-hmm. And Halloween was my favorite holiday growing up. Apart Christmas is unique, but mm-hmm. I loved the magic of Halloween, of getting dressed up and going trick or treating and all of the Disney movies about Halloween and then mm-hmm. and then Thanksgiving. My birthday falls right around Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's like literally right before. So it just having tied to that holiday just I think always made it feel more special. Yeah. And then Christmas, it's the most wonderful time of year for a reason. Yes. Like, <laughs> so I, I, I get really, really happy this time of year. What is your dream vacation? I don't have a dream vacation, mm. but I would like to think that because I'm 54, I can say that I have had dream vacations already. Mm. I have traveled many, many places there are many other places I want to go to, but I don't have a specific place mm. I want to go to that I think would be more fabulous than any of the other places. So I thought I would just share some of the places I've been 
that would definitely be a dream vacation for somebody. And I would say is definitely worth going to. So what you're saying is you're about to show off. No. (laughs) I mean, I guess I should put it this way. My husband and I love to travel. So it has always been a priority for us. It is where our discretionary spending has gone. So I guess in a way I am showing off because I I have been a lot of places. I'm just being snarky. (laughs) My husband and I, for our 25th anniversary, went to French Polynesia. And that is a beautiful place. We were in Tahiti and Morea Mm -hmm. and Bora Bora. We went to the Tuamotus and snorkeled all those places. We're huge snorkelers. And some of the best, best, bestest places ever Mm. for snorkeling. Mm. So that was a fabulous, fabulous trip. And that would, if you would have asked me before my 25th anniversary, Mm -hmm. that would have been a dream vacation. Mm. And it was everything I thought it would be. We took a small ship cruise and traveled all through French Polynesia. The food on the trip was primo and just, yeah, it was lovely, Mm -hmm. lovely, lovely. But I've been to Scotland. I loved Scotland. I was in Iceland. Mm -hmm. I loved Iceland. We just got back from Wales. And Wales is a place that a lot of people don't think about, but beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful country, beautiful people. Absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. So yes, there are many places I still want to go. Greece, Italy, Mm -hmm. Scandinavia, Japan, Mm -hmm. Australia and New Zealand, Africa, uh, Machu Picchu. Like I just, I have lists, but I've been so many places already that have been wonderful that if I could not go anywhere else, I would still be satisfied. Mm -hmm. That's my answer. Sorry, Julia. (laughs) Where, where is your dream vacation? Well, I mean, as you were talking, I of the of the places that I've been that I think I would have considered a dream vacation was my honeymoon. It was a sandals all inclusive. Yes. To Grenada. And that was that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. But if I could plan a vacation that I could go, you know, I would love to go to Fiji Mm -hmm. or to the Maldives. Yeah. But a stipulation for me would be that there'd be no financial like like no issues. I could go and I could spend money and it wouldn't be. Right. And you wouldn't have to bear the burden when you came back either. I wouldn't have to. There would be no financial concerns while I was there. Yeah. But I agree with you on Norway. That would be. Yeah. We go back and forth at Ben's job for five years of employment. They get gifted a trip to um, a timeshare in Belize. Okay. Um, Or you can choose of, of. equal value yes and so we have toyed with going to norway for that trip or going back to a sandals resort with some friends yeah norway is a dream Mm -hmm. place to go for me but there's also a quote from jane Eyre about a whitewashed villa in the mediterranean that i sign me up (laughs) let's go (laughs) to hit the greece and the the riviera that's there and the med like sign me up let's go yes I I spoke about traveling the world, but I think that there are gorgeous places Mm. in the United States. We took a trip to California for our 30th anniversary last year and drove up the east side of the Mm -hmm. state. So we weren't over at the coast. We did Kings Canyon, Sequoia. We did Yosemite. We did um, Lake Tahoe. Mm. And we went to Mammoth. And it was incredible. 
incredible. Mm-hmm. It was also over 100 degrees every single day. But <laughs> it's a no for me. It was fabulous. Yeah. So you, I I don't feel like I have to go outside the United right. States that there there's plenty here to still catch my mm-hmm. attention and but I love to travel. So it's just what I'm going to do. It's where I'm going to spend my money. Yeah. And the current economy makes me angry that I can't save money to travel. Right. It just, it's it's, whole, it's hard. It's very hard. That's a whole rant that I don't need to get into right now. <laughs> okay. We are, mm-hmm. we've been taking too long with each question. We're never going to get done with all these. <laughs> Do you have a favorite TV show or movie? Well, I love the Gilmore Girls. Ben and I uh, tend to watch shows together. Uh-huh. And we really liked, oh my gosh, what was it? The Witcher, but we also like the Viking shows. Specifically, yes, we loved Last Kingdom. Yeah, Vikings Valhalla. We were watching for a little bit. Actually, our cat is named after one of the characters from Vikings Valhalla. Downton Abbey was also a favorite. Yes, growing up. Yeah, Mister Brown, whatever. No, Father Brown. Father Brown. Peregrine Fisher and Farney Fisher were very enjoyable. In terms of movies, there's a whole list, but Pirates of the Caribbean. Ocean's Eleven and Pride and Prejudice are some of the top three that always come up. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth. Let me specify. I I was going to say that too for a favorite movie. I was thinking, what are the movies that I will routinely watch over and over again? And that Pride and Prejudice Mm -hmm. is one. I also watched The Jane Eyre with Ruth Wilson and Toby Stevens. And then The Persuasion, and I didn't write the actors' names down, but it's the older version. Um, Oh my gosh. And I know his name. I will, I'll just, I'll put it in the show notes. I do watch those pretty regularly. I, there's lots of movies I like. As far as TV shows, I'm not a big TV watcher, but my husband and I definitely like British murder Mm -hmm. mysteries, especially if they have a historical component, like Mm. from the 1960s or the 1940s. I have an Acorn and a BritBox (laughs) subscription. And we also like to watch masterpiece theater oh, yeah. we really liked all creatures great and small mm. so that, those are the types of things that i watch but i am not a huge tv watcher i absolutely don't watch reality tv mm-hmm. or no. anything like that no. i'm just i one thing i do not like is formulaic tv no. i i get bored easily yeah. that's just my personality mm-hmm. so the, those shows would never work i i'm happy mm-hmm. that other people like them but yeah. Yeah. it doesn't work for me Do you have a dream job? If I was going to define a dream job, it would just be some kind of creative endeavor. Mm -hmm. I would be a ceramicist or a photographer Mm -hmm. or a printmaker, maybe be a flower farmer Mm -hmm. and a florist. I would also love to own a little bookshop that had a really good coffee shop bakery Mm -hmm. associated with it. Those are some some of my dream, Mm -hmm. dream jobs. Well, I know that you and dad talked about opening up a coffee shop there for a little bit. We did. Yeah, we absolutely (laughs) did. Is it something that you guys would consider consider again in the future? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. Let me know because I'll join staff. (laughs) I think the market's pretty saturated around here. Well, but but if you do a bookstore slash coffee shop, that might be kind of unique specifically for the area. Are you trying to get me to spend money? (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't seem too difficult, mom, but yeah. What about you, Julia? What's your dream job? Well, I think if you had asked me like six weeks ago or a month, two months ago, it would have been anything but, but what, what I was doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I really like my job, 
I just find that the jobs that I would like to be doing are things that just feed that creative side of me. I ha- I do have an ultimate goal to be self-employed with some of my side projects. I know that that's five to maybe 10 years down the road. Mm-hmm. One of the things that always comes up for me, though, with a dream job is to be a travel content creator, to be able to be one of those people. So we follow, Ben and I follow Nate and Kara online, who are a couple who travels and does all kinds of fun things. Mm-hmm. And every time we watch it, I was I'm just like, Let's do this. Let's just buy camera and let's just do this mm-hmm. because I think that would be so much fun. That's not happening, but that would be a dream job. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Especially since travels included. I just yeah. think that would be a good, good time. Also knowing that there would be downsides and unfun things to that too, but yeah. to be able to travel just for, for my job would be a lot of fun. I think. Next question. What's the first spell you would learn if magic was real? So I am rewatching the Harry Potter movies right now. And I was reminded of the spell Accio, as I think is how it's said. And it is Accio, and then you say whatever you need, and it brings it right to you. So if I lost Accio, my phone, it would bring it to wherever it mm-hmm. was. Or if I was at the grocery store and forgot my wallet, it would bring my wallet right to me. Yeah. So that would, I think, be the one that would save my butt almost every day. Actually, that sounds pretty good for me, too, because <laughs> I'm, I'm missing my name tag right now, and I have no <laughs> idea where it is. <laughs> I, I thought about this for a while. I, if I was at a time in my life when I had younger kids, mm-hmm. I would want a spell that would let me be in two places at one mm-hmm. time, because I often felt like that. When I was running around picking people up and dropping people off and figuring yeah. out the schedule. But now I just want to do something fun. So if I had a spell that would just let me fly, you know, mm. like you fly in dreams, mm-hmm. that wonderful feeling. I would love doing that. That's mm. coming from somebody who was afraid of heights. Well, that's what my dreams of flying are always anxiety inducing. Because I'm always flying in funny ways. <laughs> so I, I had one dream specifically where I was flying on like one of those old carpet squares in like classrooms. Yeah. And I was just flying around funny. Almost falling off. I had yeah. another dream where I had to fly by moving my feet like this. And I was standing. No, anxiety inducing. I No, my flying <laughs> dreams are wonderful. Like I step off a cliff and it just, just goes over the ocean. Okay, great. Yeah. When we were in Wales, we did the longest, fastest Mm. zip line. I don't know Mm. if it was the longest, but the fastest zip line, I think, in the world. Mm. And you lay down to Mm. do it. So you're laying flat, and then you zip line down over a quarry. Oh, so you go full Superman. Yes. Okay. Well, I honestly, I only did it because Jay and Aaron wanted to, and I was scared (laughs) to death, and I was starting to have dreams about it. Like, it was making me nervous. And when you go to do it, they have a short run and then you do the big long oh, run. Oh, okay. So I thought if I do the short run and I hate every second of it, mm-hmm. I just won't do the big run. Sure. But I got I got in it and they mm-hmm. dropped the table that we were laying on. I was just hanging mm-hmm. there and they let us go. And it was so much fun. Like I involuntarily laughed because it was so much fun and I just thought this would be great if you could just Mm -hmm. do this Mm -hmm. of course the bigger faster one was even more fun sure but I was just shocked how much I loved it Mm -hmm. and I really think that I would enjoy Mm. being able to fly whenever I wanted to plus then you wouldn't have to deal with the traffic that's yeah (laughs) I mean okay I don't see flying as a spell but maybe in your magic system it there is. could be a spell yes. for flying no that would be my superpower when i started at my new job they had me fill out a survey and that was one of your questions mm-hmm. what would be your superpower and i said flying and then i said because i like to travel and i don't want to deal with tsa or traffic anymore right there you go absolutely yeah so 
What fictional character would you like to bring to life? I struggled with this question because I feel like I know the characters when Mm. I'm reading them in the book and I don't really feel like I need to meet them in Mm -hmm. real life. But some of the characters I picked were Aslan from The Lion, the Witch, Mm. and the Wardrobe. I would really like to meet him. Mm -hmm. I also picked Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Mm. Maybe Willy Wonka, but I would have, I want to meet him so I can see his chocolate factory. Well, sure. I don't really necessarily want to meet him. For him. him yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just finished reading two books back to back that have a pair of detectives, mm. a guy and a girl. And there is some like tense, sexual tension mm-hmm. there, but I just, I want to meet the guy because I can't in my mind picture what he really looks oh, like sure. from the description. Name is Cormor and Strike. Okay. I just want to meet him so I can see what he mm-hmm. looks like. I don't necessarily have to talk to yeah. him or anything. <laughs> so you just want clarity. I just want clarity. There's a TV show that has them in it. Oh. And the male actor, I can't remember what his name is. He's fine for the role. Mm-hmm. Like I have no issue, but I don't think he physically meets the description in the book. Mm. So I just want to see what he really looks like. Gotcha. How about you, Julia? Who do you want to meet? Uh, well, the first one that comes to mind is Dumbledore, okay. <clears throat> but I mean Dumbledore in the books, who is quirky and kind yes. of funny. Yeah, as great as Ian McClellan is yeah. in the Dumbledore role, I don't think he brings that humor right to the role. And so, I want the kind of quirky, silly, loving yes. lemon drops kind of Dumbledore. Yeah, I wouldn't mind meeting McGonagall. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, I I would really like to meet her. Although, in all honesty. Dame Maggie Smith McGonagall is the only McGonagall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she just did it so perfectly that yeah. Yeah. the true McGonagall probably is fabulous, great, but she's not McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I in my mind, I picture her as Maggie uh, right. Smith. Right, yeah. right. So there would be no, like that's, but yeah, I think I'm just going to stick with Dumbledore because having little pocket sassy Dumbledore would just be so much fun. <laughs> Do you have a favorite animal, Julia? Well, I'm a crazy cat lady. Uh, but I also love pandas. Watching pandas just kind of fall all over themselves. and That just felt so random. <laughs> I definitely could have structured that sentence better, but. <laughs> okay, cats and pandas. Yeah. But like, have you ever watched the videos yes. of the pandas just flopping all over themselves? Yeah. And I want to be, maybe that's my dream job as a panda wrangler. <laughs> Well, I'm a cat person too. I'm I like animals. Mm-hmm. I actually like all animals and I tend to get along with them pretty mm-hmm. well. But cats just seem to suit our lifestyle the best. Mm-hmm. I would have a dog, no problem, but it's hard to get up and leave on a whim mm-hmm. for a couple days with mm-hmm. a dog. So I am the proud owner of two old farts. <laughs> Spoiled. <laughs> Spoiled though old cats two old guys that i love very very much even though one is extremely crotchety oh my word is he ever (laughs) and don't forget don't forget the sweet outdoor oh yes i also have an outdoor cat that adopted us Mm -hmm. she does not want to come in so she has a insulated heated box out on the patio for her to sleep in she even gets tuna on christmas like she's just full yeah she's a beautiful calico yeah who is very sweet she is we can pet her but we have to be inside the house Mm -hmm. and only put our hand outside Mm -hmm. the door if we go outside she runs away and if we pet her too fast she does smack us yeah she does she has a very strong personality as well (laughs) 
So I do. I love cats. I would say that that's probably my favorite, my favorite animal. I also like foxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Foxes are fun. What old person behavior, Julia, do you do you have? You know what? It's so sad because five years ago I was staying up till one, two o'clock in the morning. Like I was a night owl. Like there was a time in college where I wasn't going to bed all until almost like three o'clock in the morning because that's just when I was awake. And now I'm in bed ready for bed at 1030. Like put me to bed. Let's get those nine hours of sleep. <laughs> I'm turning into the person who whenever I see anybody under the age of 35, mm. I call them a baby. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. We'll be watching baseball and a pitcher will come up on the mound and I will say, how old are they? Have they even graduated from high school yet? (laughs) I also forget everything. Mm. I forget everything. My memory is just completely going. Mm. But I could be an old person, I guess. Somebody could call me an old person. So I'm allowed to have old person behaviors. Yeah. And you have some very interesting old person quirks, too. Of just leaving things places or forgetting oh, yeah. things or like. <laughs> leaving my tea in the microwave. Yeah. 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 The other one that I just remembered is I don't know any of the slang anymore. So I feel like the old person of like, what's the social what media? What does this what mean? What does that yeah. mean? What are you doing? Yes. How do you work? <laughs> I've been doing that since you guys were teenagers. <laughs> right. But yeah. it's so weird to like now being experiencing it for me. Yeah. To feel out of style. It's a very odd feeling. <laughs> Do you have a hidden talent, Julia? I played the flute and piccolo in high school and was actually, maybe this is a hidden talent, maybe I'm bragging, but I was invited to tour Europe when I was 15 because of, maybe because of my skills. I was selected by my director and given the invitation. Yeah. And I was second chair to a senior in the, in the orchestra. Yeah, that's definitely a hidden talent. Yeah. You may be tooting your horn, but that's well, okay. But I mean, someday, you know. I haven't Sometimes played in have a while, to. so maybe that's not there anymore. Yeah. But. I was going to say my hidden talent is playing the piano, but I play for worship band now, so it's not really it's hidden, not hidden anymore. No. So I, mm-hmm. I have two hidden talents. One is funny, and one is fine. <laughs> I think I'm a very good baker. Yeah. I get requests for cookies mm-hmm. all the time. I'm not baking as much as I used to, but I... I enjoy it. It's a way that I relax, mm-hmm. especially around Christmas time. It is one of the ways I celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then my weird hidden talent is I'm good at shocking people. Yes. <laughs> and it started way back in high school. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm sure I was considered a good girl in high school and I had to serve a detention. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you why, but I had to go to detention. And I remember walking in to the class and there were two guys in there who knew me mm-hmm. and they actually walked up to the, they didn't walk up to the teacher. The one guy raised his hand and said, are we in the right place? <laughs> That's funny, mom. And when you guys were little, I used to love, I still like doing this, just doing things or saying things completely mm-hmm. unexpected and just seeing what the, <laughs> what the responses are. <laughs> One time when you were little, we were playing in Mark's room and I forget what we were doing. I picked up either a baseball bat or something Mm -hmm. and just started doing like heavy metal air guitar singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys were like totally blown away. And then you started (laughs) laughing. But I think for five seconds, you were just looking at me with big eyeballs and your mouth hanging open. (laughs) 
So that's my secret, my secret talent. (laughs) I mean, I, I, maybe this isn't a hidden talent, but maybe a party trick that I still have the Gettysburg address memorized from sixth grade. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 75, 80%, but like once I could go and I can get most of it. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. I have to say. Where do you see yourself in five years? I have no idea. (laughs) I have absolutely no idea. I shared earlier I'm kind of at an existential crisis with my job life. Mm-hmm. So I, if nothing else, I'll still be teaching because I love it so much. But other than that, I have no idea. I don't even know if I'll be living in the same house or if don't we will that. be downsizing because Aaron will be married. Mm, I guess that's true. I don't know if I'll have grandchildren or not. Like I just feel like everything is kind of up in the air. What about you, Julia, five years from now? Well, I learned a long time ago not to plan that far in advance. (laughs) So, and all I can say is I hoped that in five years I'm happy with my life. Maybe that means that I am self-employed or maybe that means I'm still in this job and I still really like it. And I don't mean that I'm not happy now, but I want in five years, I want to still be happier. I want to feel that I'm very happy or that I've been able to do things in my life that I've been wanting to do for a while. Maybe that means that my book gets published. Maybe that means that I've been able to support myself with my small business. Or I would love to have kids. Maybe I have two little beings running around. I don't know. I just hope in five years that I am I am content. I, I think, too, content <clears throat> is a good word, regardless of where we are, that mm-hmm. I am content and that I am finding joy mm-hmm. amidst whatever's going on. Yeah. That is always my favorite, my least favorite question that I get asked in job interviews. Where do you see yourself in five years? Like, I don't know. I'm not job motivated. I don't know. Don't ask me that. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve and or do you have one with reading? I do. I have a, I have pet peeves. <laughs> definitely. My, one of my biggest life pet peeves mm-hmm. are people who do not observe the rules of the road. And this is going to sound nasty, but driving is not the time to be nice. Mm-hmm. Driving is the time to do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. When you come to an intersection and instead of going because it's your turn to go and you're waving other people on, you are probably going to cause an accident. You're holding up the people behind you. So you may be nice to the people in front of you or on the other side of the road, but not the people behind you. Mm-hmm. Just and and that's just one example. I just all the time I'm seeing people who don't follow the rules of the road and it annoys me. Mm -hmm. I'm not a very patient driver to begin with. This is confession time. So I I need to work through that. But I feel like my peeve is legitimate. Mm -hmm. People just don't do what they're supposed to. Okay. Not using their turn signals when they should be using their turn signals the whole bit. So that's my that's my general pet Mm -hmm. peeve. Mm My bookish pet peeve is when authors repeatedly use a single descriptive word or a single action Mm -hmm. that everybody in the story Mm -hmm. is doing Mm -hmm. or a single phrase that they just use over and over and over again. And I just think, can we not get a thesaurus and figure out another (laughs) way to say this? Or let your character do do more than just clench their fists every time they're mad. (laughs) I call them author ticks. I don't know if that's what they are, but they drive me bonkers. Mm -hmm. Bonkers. It's enough to make me stop reading a book. Oh, yeah. I read a book. This was a couple years ago, and I promptly got rid of it. And it was upsetting because it was about 
Mr. Darcy's little sister. And everybody just smiled and looked at each other in the whole book. And I was like, nobody has dimension. This is upsetting. <laughs> but yeah, it was very frustrating to read. Yeah. Smiled and looked and smiled and nodded and smiled. And yeah. I read, I actually brought a book to the show earlier this year when we were doing Beauty and the Beast retellings. And I really enjoyed the book. It's called Heart's Blood. But the author used the word eldritch all the time. It actually made my eye twitch. That's how often she used it. And it was getting to the point where I almost put the book down because I couldn't stand Mm -hmm. it anymore. What about you, Julia? What are your pet peeves? So I cannot stand the hiccups. Hiccups make me ferociously angry. And to the point that I like actually cause myself physical pain trying to stop them in five minutes. (laughs) And then it also really annoys me when I have to be somewhere and I'm hitting every single red light to get there. <laughs> that makes me so mad. Bookish, I it bugs me when the author's writing is better in the acknowledgments than in the actual story. <laughs> because it, to me, it just feels like I wasted my time to get to, to the point. acknowledgment. Yeah. yeah. Which I always read. Like, I will always read the acknowledgments. Uh-huh. But... Uh, when they're clever and insightful yeah atlas six olivia blake was like this Uh where i read the whole book and i was like whatever and i read the acknowledgments and i was like that's the best part of the whole book (laughs) (laughs) so there's there's that that's a good pet peeve do you have a book that changed your life and the bible counts but not right now okay i'm not going to use the bible even though that's very true And I don't want it to feel like a trite answer, so I'm not going to use it. I have many books that have changed my life. For the most part, they're nonfiction. Mm. So I'm just going to bring one to the show. It's a recent read for me within the last couple years, and that's Atomic Habits Mm. by James Clear. He introduces how to develop habits in your life, good habits, and he gives you very actionable steps to make it work. Mm And I have put them into place and I have developed many habits that I have struggled with over my life Mm. in the last couple of years pretty easily using the concepts in this book. Mm. So that's Atomic Habits by James Clear. And that's a pretty popular book. You'll hear a lot of people mention that one. Yeah. What about you, Julia? Do you have a book? I do. And this book actually set me on my career. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. It definitely changed my life. Um, and that was House Rules by Jody Picot, uh-huh. which is the story of a teenage boy who has Asperger's. At the time it was Asperger's. It, it's now just autism spectrum disorder. And he gets convicted of a murder. <laughs> and it's the whole story of how that unfolds. And right. I just remember being very interested in how his brain worked and that was a start, and now I'm here. I do remember that that book had a fair amount of impact on you. Yeah. Yeah. I have not read it again since, but it is, it definitely started me off on, on my job. Can you do your reading taste in one sentence? <laughs> I have a couple of words written down. Okay. Share those. I don't like straying from what I'm comfortable with. Okay. Or rather, Straying too much from what I'm comfortable with leads to extreme burnout. Yeah. That it's escapist. Mm -hmm. And it's also reflective. The memoirs or nonfiction that I tend to read reflect on certain aspects of human nature or capture certain aspects of human nature. Mm -hmm. How would you describe yours? 
I actually wrote a sentence for this, so I'm just going to read it. Engaging books with fabulous writing and well-developed complex characters that also have meaning beyond the story. Hmm. So I like books that make me think about my life or mm-hmm. life in general because of what I'm reading in the story. Okay. And it's not necessarily that the author meant that. Yeah. And really my answer to that question will probably change when I have more of an understanding of what I like to read under right. my belt. Yeah. Right. So is there a book that you didn't enjoy that seemed like it would be your taste? Yeah. I brought this to the show earlier this year, the light pirate by Lily Brooks Dalton. Mm. I liked another of her books a lot. And this one was just a disappointment, Hmm. a bad disappointment. Yeah. What about you? I'm so sorry in advance, Mom, but The Night Circus. Oh, was a disappointment. You thought you would like it. I think it was more that I was reading it at a very emotionally charged time for me. Mm -hmm. And now it's forever tainted. Like I can't go back and read it the first time. Because it will just pull up the time you read it the first time. And because I know what happens, I'm not reading it and getting that magic for the first time. So I think that book just went the way of wrong time. Mm -hmm. So that one kind of stinks how about a book that you didn't think you would like and you ended up really liking it do you have a book like that so what i wrote is anything simone saint james only because she's not somebody i would typically pick up unprompted Mm -hmm. so it's one of those circumstances where i would have totally walked right past it at barnes and noble but because you recommended it i read it and i have mostly enjoyed all the ones i've read so far Mm -hmm. how would you answer that one I would say Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross, Mm. mostly because this book is young adult romanticy, which absolutely sounds absolutely not up my alley. And yet I really, really enjoyed it. I think what saved it for me was the historical fiction-y aspect Mm. of it. Sure. And the relationship between the two main protagonists. Mm Mm-hmm was very well done, Mm -hmm. I thought. So I liked it more than I would have expected Hmm. to. What are some books on your TBR that seem like they will be exactly your taste? I, first of all, my TBR is ridiculous. (laughs) I have many, Mm -hmm. many books. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to pick books that I thought really fit my taste in reading. Mm. So I have a book by Deborah Crombie. She is a murder mystery writer. It's the next in her Duncan Kincaid and Gemma James series Mm. called Where Memories Lie. So it's a murder mystery. Plus there's an overarching love story Mm. in these books, which I really enjoy. I picked Things in Jars by Jess Kidd. Mm. I talked about Jess Kidd before Mm -hmm. um, with himself when we were doing Coast Stories. Jess Kidd just writes weird Mm-hmm. Weird books, li- weird literary fiction, mm-hmm. which I do enjoy. I have Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Mm-hmm. It's the type of nonfiction I like to read that's um, narrative nonfiction, very engaging, mm-hmm. feels almost like you're reading a mm-hmm. novel. Mm-hmm. And what else can I put here? The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Ooh. And Prayer by Timothy Keller. Mm-hmm. Those would be two non-Christian books that I'm pretty sure... Nonfiction Christian books. Right. Nonfiction Christian books. I'm sure I will really, really like. And then I'm just going, I'm going to give two more. I'm going to give Hamnet by Mm. Maggie Mm O'Farrell because that's literary fiction and historical fiction. 
And how about Clara and the Sun by Ishiguro, Kazuo Ishiguro? Ooh, I have a lot of his books on my team. Yeah. Um, it's speculative fiction, a little bit science fiction, but he always writes with a much deeper yeah. theming than just science fiction. There's a lot going on that you investigate with mm-hmm. him. So those are just some some possibles hmm. off my list that I think I will really, really enjoy. Okay. What about you, Julia? Well, I had a hard time writing these down because it was hard to th- Think about the books that I'm, parse apart the books that I'm excited to read versus what are probably actually my tastes. Mm-hmm. But the, okay, so I have three. Mrs. Death, Mrs. Death mm-hmm. uh, by Selena Godin, mm-hmm. um, I think just sounds wonderful. It's yeah. the story of Mrs. Death and she gets lonely and somebody comes and kind of writes her stories and works along with her. That's kind of fantasy mm-hmm. and is it literary fiction? I'm going to assume yeah. so literally just read the back took the picture of it at barnes and noble and added it into my amazon list so Mm -hmm. i don't really know much other than that then tress of the emerald sea by brandon sanderson Mm -hmm. because that's a fantasy fantasy yep based based on the princess bride yes i did know that yeah yes and then the book eaters by suny dean Mm -hmm. um, because i like books about books Mm -hmm. that's Um, a darker books about books yeah. yeah and that's just a spread my Amazon list, which is where I compile all of the books I'm interested in. It just just keeps growing. So there's a lot on there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Why don't we finish the show talking about what we're currently reading? Sure. So what are you currently reading, Julia? Uh, Jane Eyre. Yes. Which I'm loving. I started We Have Always Lived in the Castle right after Halloween. Mm -hmm. So should finish that. And then I listened to Emily Wilde, which I still haven't finished. But I was listening to that last night while I was reorganizing a couple of things. Oh, yeah. 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 So my goal is to finish that by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to that for a while. That's why I don't do audiobooks. Yeah. <laughs> I am also currently reading Jane Eyre. And listeners, you will know why in just a second. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I love being in Jane Eyre's head mm-hmm. because it is written in first person. Mm-hmm. So you definitely feel like you're experiencing everything right along with her. Yeah. I am mm-hmm. currently listening to Dreams Lie Beneath mm-hmm. by Rebecca Ross. She is the same author of Divine Rivals, okay. which I just said yeah, yeah, was yeah. a book that surprised me that I liked it so much. Unfortunately, this book is not falling in that same category. (laughs) You can tell that this book was written earlier. It's just, it's just not, the quality isn't there. Mm, And and it's definitely young adult. Okay. In every aspect. (laughs) So I'm not enjoying that quite as Mm -hmm. much, but um, I am enjoying the Jane Eyre. Yeah. And I just binge read two very, very, very good murder mysteries by Robert Galbraith, who is J.K. Rowling. Loved them both. Very intense, especially the last one. It was about mm. a cult. Mm. So my reading has been very good. Yeah. yeah. The audiobook listening, not so much, but the physical reading mm-hmm. has been really good. Cool. I think I think our end of the year interview is going to be very interesting this year compared to last year. Yeah. Yep. Well, readers, this is our one-year anniversary show. Thanks for sticking around for this long episode. (laughs) Where we get to talk very much about ourselves. Yeah. If you still like us by the end of this, you deserve a gold star. Yeah. (laughs) 
We're going to, like we always do, ask you to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're enjoying the show. All that does is it just makes us more visible to other listeners and readers like you. And we are always looking for more friends to join the Book Snug Podcast community. We also want to let you know that we are going to be talking about Jane Eyre in our next episode. We are going to take Jane Eyre apart Mm -hmm. and talk about it as a gothic novel. So we're going to discuss some of the important pieces of a gothic novel and then discuss how Jane Eyre fits into all those slots. And it really does. It's going to be an interesting discussion. So if you haven't read Jane Eyre before and you want to be informed during the discussion, I'd encourage you to pick up Jane Eyre or listen to it. There are some great audiobook versions yeah. of Jane Eyre. One of them is free on LibriVox. Okay. Yeah, and it's a good it's yeah. a good narration. And then after that we have our final three peas in a mm-hmm. pod episode of twenty twenty three. Yeah. We are going to be reading <laughs> Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. That is the book that our special guest has chosen. So again, if you want to join in with us Mm -hmm. in that discussion, go ahead and read Heart of Darkness before Mm -hmm. the beginning of December. And then we're going to close out the year talking about all of our superlatives, good and bad. And we'll end with a list of our some of our favorite books of 2023. And that will close out wow. 2023. Yep. Wow. Can't believe that we're almost done with this year. I know. Uh, we just thank you for celebrating with us today. I know that yes. you said that already, but I just, I want to reiterate that even though we would, I think, still be doing this regardless, it's really nice yes. to have people to hang talk out to. With. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely thank you for being here and listening and and sharing your opinions with us. Yes. Please join us again here in the book snug for our next chapter. And until then, bye friends. We'd love for you to continue today's conversation with us at the book snug underscore podcast on Instagram and at the book snug podcast on Facebook. All of our episodes can be found wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as at our website, thebooksnugpodcast.buzzsprout.com, where show notes for every episode can be found. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thebooksnugpodcast at gmail.com. As C.S. Lewis, one of our favorite authors famously said, you can never have a cup of tea large enough or a book long enough to suit me. And we wholeheartedly agree. Agree.